Hello, I'm Father Joe Roche of the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Thank you for joining us as we continue our journey of reading The Mystical Temple of God by St. Stanislaus of Jesus and Mary Papczynski from beginning to end. Today, we take up from where we left off, beginning with Chapter 21, Part 3, pages 645 and 646. Chapter 21, The Restoration of the Mystical Temple of God, Part 3. To give lodging to strangers is an act of great merit. The Son of God approved of this virtue in his apostles Luke and Cleopas, who compelled him to dine with them, and as he broke the bread, he manifested himself as both God and man. Blessed indeed was that city which, as an old history of the Holy Fathers mentions, had such merciful citizens that they would snatch strangers to themselves so as to treat them generously. Woe to you who perhaps feed many dogs and yet allow men to die of hunger. You who close your doors to strangers and keep even religious men away from your doors, will Christ not cast you out from the gate of heaven? Do you not know that a prostitute was received into the dwellings of heaven because she offered a hospitable welcome to Joshua and Caleb. A guest comes. Christ comes. He who receives a guest receives Christ. And would not Christ receive the man who received him into his eternal abode? To bury the dead free of charge, simply out of charity, is not considered by God as a service of little value. It happens rarely, especially in rather small gatherings of persons, but there are a few people who do it. In this matter, Tobias, the elder, is the most renowned, as I have already indicated. Raphael, the archangel, said to him, Since you prayed with tears and buried the dead, and abandoned your supper and concealed the dead by day in your house, and at night buried them, I have offered your prayer to the Lord. That's from the book of Tobit. Chapter 12, verses 12 through 13. Certainly the most effective prayer is made by the one who, when he wishes to obtain God's mercy, shows mercy to a man. Yet what more eminent form of mercy can there be than that shown to the dead, from whom no reward, no gratitude, and no praise can be expected? Those who do this, by all means, gain immortal life for themselves. But now we turn to other works of mercy, which are called spiritual, because they have effect on the soul, not on the body. Giving advice, sincere and salutary, to one who needs it, is the mark of a most virtuous mind. God creates wise men, so that those who lack wisdom may be assisted and directed by them. He who does this without a desire for a reward is truly merciful. For at some time or other, right advice is more useful than whatever great financial support. Many would fall into hell unless they met excellent advisors. Not a few would perish if they were not saved by another's advice. Experts should therefore give the advice they consider most salutary in the form of conscience, in the form of law, in the chancery, and in military service, 
motivated by love, and so by this admirable virtue, they will provide much for their own salvation. How great are things that one young virgin, Teresa, accomplished in the Church of God when, in addition to the Holy Spirit, she made use of the best counselors. How many mortals, not just her, did St. Peter of Alcantara advance to heaven with his advice? The gifts of the Holy Spirit should be spread out. It is either envy or malice to refuse to show what is virtue to one who desires it, and it is greed to want to reward for one's advice. St. Stanislaus turns to the next corporal work of mercy in this chapter, giving shelter to the homeless. St. Stanislaus calls it giving lodging to the strangers. He references the resurrection appearances of Jesus, especially on the road to Emmaus. The two disciples had not yet recognized Jesus when they invited him to stay with them because it was night and he asked, they asked him to have dinner with them. They recognized him in the breaking of the bread. Jesus also tells us that whatever we do, for the least of our brothers or sisters, we do for him. And St. Stanislaus mentions a tradition that the citizens of the city of Emmaus uh, would show hospitality to the strangers passing through. He cautions us to treat those dying of hunger with mercy. He laments that sometimes pets are treated better than people. And he admonishes those who close the door on those in need. He tells us that Christ is present in the needy person at the door. The next corporal work of mercy is to bury the dead. The dead cannot thank us in this life for this work of mercy. So it is truly a, a merciful act. Part of this work of mercy is to attend a wake or a prayer vigil or a funeral of a deceased relative or friend or colleague to assist in the burying of the dead. And of course, helping to bury the dead who can't, uh, when the family can't afford to bury someone is certainly an even greater work of mercy. And then St. Stanislaus begins to reflect on the spiritual works of mercy, beginning with giving advice or counsel to those who need it. In our world, which is so confused today, those who possess divine wisdom can truly help many people. This is truly a work of mercy. And he cites the example of St. Teresa of Avila, who helped many people, including priests and bishops. So let's pray for the gifts of the Holy Spirit, that we might all have that divine wisdom so that we can help one another. Mm -hmm.